Episode 5, How to Find Yourself, Love Yourself, and Be Yourself with America's Life Coach, Stephen Lovegrove. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you so you can live Life Amplified. A young woman approached me at one of my recent speaking engagements very frustrated. She said she hears motivational speakers, coaches, and transformational gurus always talk about the importance of why you have to be yourself and love yourself. But as she pointed out, if she knew how to do that, she'd be doing it every day. The problem she experienced is she had spent so many years trying to meet the expectations of her family, her church, her peer group, and ex-boyfriends that somewhere along the way she lost that connection to who she even was in the first place. And that's why I enlisted the help of my buddy Stephen Lovegrove today. He's a transformational coach who takes entrepreneurs, celebrities, and world leaders to the next level. His work has been featured at NBC. Fox, MTV, the Oprah Winfrey Network, and the Los Angeles Times. He's also the author of the book, How to Find Yourself, Love Yourself, and Be Yourself, The Secret Instruction Manual for Being Human. During our recent conversation, we discussed such topics as how to dismantle your fear-based thoughts and find more love for yourself and the people around you. Why creating lasting, meaningful change is an inside job. The importance of fighting for your truth and why most people don't do it till later in life. Why the traumatic memories you don't want to confront are precisely what will lead you to emotional freedom. And finally, the one action step which will help you find yourself today. You're going to love Stefan's energy, and I think you're really going to love his message. If so, please share this podcast with a friend. I want to get this out there to as many people as we can. And don't forget, you can follow us on the iHeartRadio app or click subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you want to connect with Stefan and I online, just screenshot this podcast, upload it to Instagram or Twitter. Be sure to tag him at Dr. Lovegrove, and you can find me at CSC Dan Mason. We'll be sure to reply to all of your comments. In the meantime, get out a pen and paper, take notes. You're going to learn how to find yourself, love yourself, and be yourself with Stefan Lovegrove. America's life coach, and thank God because America needs a life coach right now if you spend any time on the news. Stefan Lovegrove is on Life Amplified. Hello, my friend. Hello, hello. I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. It's a little bit of a crazy moment for America right now. But I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to serve. I want to talk to you all about your book, How to Find Yourself, Love Yourself, and Be Yourself, which a simple idea in theory, not always easy in practice. I know in my life, if I think back 10 years ago, I used to think I was one more episode of Oprah away, or I was one more Deepak Chopra guided meditation away from just downloading all this self-love and my life being perfect. And in fact, it uh, took many years and a great deal of time for me to arrive there. How do we do it? How do we finally learn self-acceptance and self-love? Dan, I'm so with you here because I was meditating 
with ramen noodles in my dorm room as a college student back in the day. Uh, and so I've gone through many of those experiences, you know, using the Sanskrit mantra and trying to trying to make it work for myself. Ultimately, I think everybody gets to a point where you realize my life is the teaching tool and the experiences that I'm having right now, whether I like them or not, whether I feel like I chose them consciously or not, this is the classroom for me. And so I'm all for every form of learning, whether coaching, podcasts like this one, books, etc. But ultimately, the best material we have to learn from is our life. And so I hope even from our conversation today, this isn't a detached thing where you listen for 30, 40, 45 minutes and then go back unchanged. The idea is to take something practical and really work your life because I feel like that is the classroom for all of us. I have said for many years that pain is a teacher and it goes away when we learn the lesson that it's here to teach us. So tell me how this has played out in your life. Obviously, uh, you and I are both here to teach what it is that we've had to learn. Tell me about your journey to finding, loving, and being yourself. I grew up uh, in South Carolina in what I think can very accurately be called as a fundamentalist religious cult. Um, I often compare it to the town of Beaumont in Footloose for a lot of people familiar with that movie or that musical. Uh, we weren't allowed to drink. We weren't allowed to dance. We weren't allowed to listen to music with drums in it. I mean, it was a very sheltered, full of dogma kind of upbringing. And Really, if we look at it on the level of thought, there were two things that dominated what I was raised with. Number one was this idea of separation on all levels. Um, we were separate from even the people in our own religion that we didn't agree with. And we were separate from other countries and separate from people who thought or believed or voted differently than us. And Ultimately, at the core, the system taught me to believe you are separate from God and God is angry with you and you're going to hell and you need to be terrified of being on God's bad side. And so I grew up in this whole thought system of separation, which led to thing number two, which is constantly being afraid. When I look back on my childhood, there was so much fear. And ultimately, I realized I was afraid of myself. Um, and so I get to college, I have now left the cult, and I'm trying to figure out what the hell my life is going to look like at this point, right? I know that I don't want what I grew up with. I know that's not how I view myself, how I view God, how I view the world anymore, but I really had to start over. And, you know, I feel so much for people, anyone listening today who has reached a point in their life where for whatever reason, they've got to start over, you know? Maybe it's a choice that they made. Maybe it's a choice that somebody else made that affected them. But like it or not, we find ourselves at these moments where we have to start over. And so for me, that was the beginning. I had to figure out who I was, what I believed, what I was supposed to do with my life, and really most of all, how I was going to come to a place of self-love and acceptance. And so you're absolutely right. We end up teaching exactly what we needed to learn. And for me, it all began with stuff I needed to learn for myself. 
Brother, I totally appreciate that share, and I feel you. I, I resonate with that. I wouldn't consider the church I grew up in to be a cult, but it was a hellfire and brimstone fundamentalist speaking in tongues Pentecostal church. And I remember as early as age 11 having legitimate anxiety attacks as a kid that the rapture was going to happen and I would be left behind, especially because I just hit puberty and hormones were raging, and there was always shame on that based on what I was told uh, about the Bible. And I see this play out in various forms now from people from all backgrounds. You know, we talk about Jewish guilt, Catholic guilt. I see this with clients, and I share none of this to bash religion. That's not what this discussion is, but I think we need to have an honest conversation uh, exactly about what you're talking about, this idea of separation and fear instead of love, and where does that come from? Where did we take on that programming that somehow we're inadequate at such an early age? As far as I'm concerned, you could be listening to this as a part of an organized religion. You could be one of the growing number of people that is spiritual but not religious. You could be atheist. You know, I've had clients who fall into all of those categories and everywhere in between. As far as I'm concerned, this is a conversation about exactly what you just said, about fear and love. It's funny, in the faith tradition that I grew up in, they always would say, this is a message of good news. But in order for you to be able to receive the good news, it's got to come with a lot of bad news as well. <laughs> and I think... I think many people have had the experience that you and I have had where somehow the good news got lost in the mix, whatever it was supposed to be. And what stuck with us on a, on a body level, on a deep heart subconscious level is the bad news. And fundamentally, the work that I do with people today is about how can we dismantle the thoughts and the beliefs that come from a place of fear? And how can we begin living from an experience of love? To me, that's the overarching journey we're all on. And so whether or not religion has helped you or hurt you in that, whatever forms of spirituality help you with that in this current moment, I think that's the journey that everybody's on and that we all want to move into is how can we get out of the fear and how can we move into love? And anything that is benefiting you on that journey, I think, is moving you in the right direction. So this is an amazing place for us to get into the first main part of the book with how does one find themselves, especially if you're a person who has spent your entire adult life trying to please other people. We find ourselves getting into careers that make our parents proud. We find ourselves getting into relationships where we give up ourselves to make our partner happy if it's a codependent relationship. And we can do this for so many years. It's hard for some people to even know where to go to find themselves. They've been so disconnected and they've abandoned themselves for so long, they don't know the way home. How do you deal with that? Well, the good news is the information is all there inside of you, even if it's been a long time since you've accessed it, or maybe you've never really taken it seriously and paid attention to it. But the information is all there inside of you. And I start there because maybe it's a trend that's been started from the book and the movie craze, Eat, Pray, Love, a decade ago or so. But people often have this idea, if I wanted to, to go on a journey of, you know, finding myself, maybe I need to go to India and do a silent meditation retreat for a month or 
so often as humans, we are grasping at some external thing that we think will be the answer and have the missing key for us. And again, the good news is you don't have to go anywhere or do anything external to have this journey. It really is an internal one. And typically what happens is all the information, all the clues, all the roadmap, if you want to look at it that way, is within us from the time that we're born. We just gradually start to to turn it off and to ignore it and to disregard it. So you could change your job. You could change your relationship. You could lose weight and change your appearance. But if you don't address the underlying emotional issues that put you in that difficult spot in the first place, the transformation will never last. Is that what you're saying? That we really have to do this change from the inside out, not the outside in. Right. Well, the truth is we all live from the inside out. And I certainly live in a part of the U.S. where that is demonstrated, because if we were living from the outside in, somebody with a $25 million mansion in Bel Air should have no worries, no problems and no concerns, (laughs) because on a surface level, they have it all. What could they possibly need to be happy? And yet the truth is we all live from the inside out. We also create things from the inside out. People often have these desires and their dreams and they think, man, if I just had more money or if I just had more influence, if I just had an investor, the truth is everything we ever live and everything we ever create is going to happen from the inside out. And so I think the start of this journey is pay attention to what your life is telling you. You know, an easy example to reference from my own journey is, I knew that I liked boys from the time I was 12 years old, right? My soul was not confused about that. I had crushes like any other hormonal middle schooler did, and I knew that I wanted to fall in love. I knew that I wanted this guy in my class to like me. Like, I knew all of that, but I didn't think that that was okay in the environment that I grew up in. So I spent about six or seven years running from the information that I had. And that is where many people listening to this today will find themselves. It's not that the information isn't in you. You've just never taken it seriously and honored your truth. And at some point, that's where you're going to have to start. And whenever you get into a head versus heart battle over what your next right decision is, it's always like the head speaks first and it speaks loudest and it speaks in fully formed articulate sentences, sometimes in an entire monologue. It's always fear-based, and it always is arguing on behalf of your limitations. Why now isn't the right time to leave the job? Why now isn't the right time to say I love you? Why now isn't the right time to leave a toxic relationship as to where that intuitive voice just is more of a gut feeling. It doesn't show up in the form of language or fully formed thoughts. It's just that feeling in your gut, but we're so conditioned to believe that the mind is right because it seems logical. What we're talking about here is the old cliche of following your heart. And I don't know what you were taught about that idea as a child. I was told the heart is evil, the heart will deceive you, the heart cannot be trusted. And that is the challenge for so many people is their truth at least begins as a feeling, right? A feeling that maybe I was meant for more a feeling that I'm curious about this, a feeling that maybe this isn't where I belong. 
it usually does begin as a feeling. And it is easier to trust a storyline in your brain that's crystal clear than this feeling, you know, on the level of your instincts and your intuition. But here's what I would say to people about all of those stories in your brain. If you really start to analyze them, and something I'll often have my clients do is say it out loud or write it down, because when you get out in the open, you know, tangibly in front of you, you can see it, you can hear it, you can analyze it. Suddenly what you realize is these stories aren't original to me or unique to me at all. This story, the story of not enoughness is universal. I've never had a client. I've never met a person. I've never had an attendee at an event who didn't on some level relate to the the insecurity of I'm not enough in some way. These storylines, and that's what really helped me see we're all on this journey from fear to love because fear, that voice of fear is so good at sounding original and compelling and urgent. And it'll say, oh my gosh, are you sure? Are you sure that you're going to be okay? Don't you need to to stress some more? Don't you need to? And the fear makes it sound like this is so important and imperative for us. When the truth is, we all have that voice. It's nothing new. It's nothing original. If there's anything not to trust, it is that voice because the messages it's sending don't even belong to us. They're just really the conditioning of society that has been passed down to us from parents, from the media, from school, et cetera. And when you realize that voice doesn't belong to you, suddenly I think those feelings, those impulses, those instincts become a lot more interesting and a lot more relevant. We had an interesting conversation on the phone about a week ago where we were talking about your experience coming out as a gay Christian man growing up in the South and how tough that was for you to come out and authentically speak and live your truth. But you pointed out something interesting, that the LGBT community is just more hyper aware of that issue that really exists for everybody in some form or another. Because there was the pressure of being told that, hey, you can't be an astronaut or you can't be a ballerina or a baseball player. You'll never make a living doing that. You should follow in the family's footsteps. You should get into the family business. Or the pressure of just expressing your needs as a child and being told children should be seen, not heard. You're being a baby. So that conditioning happens for everybody in some way or another to withhold your truth. Isn't that true? Yeah. Well, this this is such an important conversation. I think there was a long time in my life when I would have told you being gay felt like a curse, right? And ultimately, with increased perspective, what I realized is in so many ways, being gay was such a gift and such a blessing. And one of them is exactly what you just mentioned. I think many LGBT people know what it's like to fight for their truth because they've grown up in environments where everybody invalidated their experience their reality, their truth. And uh, as I was sharing with you on the phone the other day, some people I think get to be 30, 40, 50 years old, and they've never had to consciously fight for their truth. And then something happens to wake you up. And it could be getting laid off. It could be a divorce. It could be cancer. Whatever it is that wakes you up, 
suddenly you find yourself in a new moment and fighting for yourself and for your life and for your truth in a new way. And whatever gets you to that moment, for me, it was being gay. That is the thing that forced me to begin to honor myself and fight for my truth. But whatever it is that gets you to that point, it is a journey of unlearning to to let go of all those societal messages and to recognize my desires are valid and my dreams are valid and everything about me, everything inside of me is important and I matter. That's such a revelation for somebody today. Oh, make no mistake. Somebody is listening to this podcast today who grew up in a home where they had to be the responsible one. Maybe they had to be the parent to their parents. So their needs always had to get put on the back burner. In fact, they felt like a burden if they expressed their needs because they were so busy taking care of everyone else. There's somebody listening to this podcast today who grew up in a home with an addict parent, and they were told that if they spoke their truth— they were going to make mom or dad angry. There's always a reason for it, but there are people all over who are just terrified to speak their truth. My brain is swirling, Dan, with dozens, if not hundreds of examples I could share of afraid to admit something, afraid to tell themselves the truth about this, afraid to, to tell somebody in their life the truth. You know, so many people think, the moment I have to face my truth is the moment it all ends. And so I have to avoid it at all costs. When in reality, it's just the opposite. The truth is the only thing that can set you free. And the moment you tell yourself the truth is the moment your life really begins. And so I would just challenge somebody, particularly if there's something in your life that's just not working, like your corporate job yeah. was not working for you in the past, Start today. Like if you take nothing else from this interview as an action step, start today by telling yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth if you love somebody. Tell yourself the truth if you want something. Tell yourself the truth about what your real experience is in your life. Because I promise you on the other side of that is not everything falling apart. But on the other side of that is really your life unfolding in the best possible way. So when we talk about finding ourselves, to recap there, it's really about getting in touch with your intuition, following your heart, and being able just to admit your truth, if, if to nobody else other than to yourself. Now we got to get to the part where we take this energy and actually love ourselves. Stefan, why can't we just look in the mirror, say some positive affirmations, and experience all the love of the universe? Why is it that simple? When you talk about, I'm going to love myself, and I'm going to use these affirmations, and I'm going to say again and again, I love myself, right? The reason that only gets you so far is because you may be saying words, but beneath them is a feeling. Beneath them is a memory. Beneath them is like a subconscious awareness. And oftentimes, I would say the vast majority of us have wounds that go all the way back to our childhood of where we feel like the love ended or where it disappointed us or where it didn't show up for us. And so it's deeper work, right? I wish that we could all just say, I love myself, and that would be everything. But the truth is, oftentimes there's a lot of pain and a lot of wounds that have never been addressed and never been healed and maybe never even thought about or talked about much. 
And so we've got to go there. I always tell my clients, the place you don't want to go is exactly where we need to go. Because the place you don't want to go is where you think love has a limit. And, you know, I think now about what Marianne Williamson often shares, that anytime we are attacking, blaming, judging, or defending, we are choosing to hide ourselves from the love in the moment. And we all have so many defenses against love and anywhere that we're unwilling to go, anything that we don't want to talk about, anything we don't want to deal with is usually the place we really don't trust that there's love there, but that's exactly where we need to go. And if we can find the love there, that is the miracle. And, you know, I often tell people, you have a relationship to money, you have a relationship to your body, you have a relationship to your family. All of these things in our lives are relationships, right? And what we know, both intuitively and from life experiences, a relationship is not built up overnight. It takes time. It takes a process. We all understand this, both romantically and otherwise. Relationships take time. And so you have a relationship to yourself. Everybody listening to this has a relationship to themselves. I would actually suggest that's the core relationship of your life. This may be bad news to some of you, but you can't really love other people at a higher level than you love yourself because that is your core relationship from which everything else flows. And so, you know, I always tell people, start taking baby steps somewhere to improve your relationship with yourself. That could be as simple as maybe you are used to a lot of negative self-talk and you constantly have a voice in your head telling you how ugly and fat and stupid you are. Maybe you start by saying, I'm not going to talk to myself like that anymore. And when those voices pop up, I'm going to talk to them like I talked to my five-year-old and I'm going to say, no, we're not going there. And that's not true. And this is the truth. That could be somebody's baby step. The bottom line is you've got to start somewhere improving the relationship you have with yourself. And one affirmation is not going to cut it. Yes. And I got, I want to go back to this. I wrote it down. The place you don't want to go is where you think the love ends. That's where we don't want to be vulnerable because if my partner sees this part of me, they're going to judge me. They're going to shun me. They're going to think that I'm a disaster, that I'm a train wreck. So in not acknowledging it, what ends up happening is we end up shunning ourselves, which is 10 times worse, right? At the end of the day, forgiveness work is so vital here. And I love making it practical and showing people how this plays out in everyday life. So just a couple of examples of what this would look like is if you're angry with the old version of you that racks up a whole bunch of credit card debt that you now have to pay off, you're actually going to restrict yourself in your present day experience of money because there's a lack of forgiveness blocking miracles. Or here's another example. If you think that your coworker has done something that is just so horrible, so rude, that they, they don't possibly deserve any grace for that, you're also drawing a line in your own life where you don't deserve grace and where you could actually mess it up beyond repair. Anywhere that you are withholding love from someone or something in your life because you believe that they just don't deserve it or they're wrong or whatever your story is, 
all you're doing is withholding love from yourself. And that is an opportunity to heal. And that forgiveness work will change everything for you. So we've talked about finding yourself. We've talked about loving yourself. The last part of this equation is the ability to be yourself, which I would think on some level in the age of social media, where we're all living for the Facebook or Instagram-like, or to paint the right illusion of what we want our life to be, this becomes a big challenge. So how do we navigate that? Do we have to start uh, putting up pictures on Instagram when we're sad and crying and eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's? What? I love that example because there are a lot of people, particularly in the entrepreneurial space and in the entertainment industry, who think authenticity means I literally have to say and share and post it all. And that is not the case, which is a, a whole separate discussion. But, you know, these steps go in an order for a reason. If we don't know who we are, we can't possibly be ourselves. So it's got to start there. And then if we don't know that we are loved at the end of the day, period, no matter what, we're not going to have the courage to be ourselves, right? So it has to start in both of those places. And that's why the steps go in an order. I think a lot of what is relevant here is us being in touch with our moment by moment truth, which is similar, but distinct from like, you know, overarching life stuff, right? So you had a truth of, I don't want to be in corporate America. And that was a big truth for you to act on, right? Totally. But it's not always, yeah, but it's not always those big, huge things, right? Now, as a leader, as a coach, as a podcast host, and as somebody every day running a business, you have so many opportunities every day to really own your truth moment by moment. And that could look like, this is not the right client for me to work with, and I'm going to honor that I know that is how I feel about this. That could look like I want to speak at this event, so I'm going to contact somebody and put myself out there because that's what I feel drawn to in this moment. We all really have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of chances to do this every single week. Um, and honestly, since you brought up social media, let's go there because I tell people, don't Think of social media as the enemy. Think of social media as actually one source of information among many to really show you what your desires are. You know, I think so often we go into a comparison mode, but the truth is you really can do, be, have, choose anything that you want, right? So if you see somebody on social media constantly having the ability to travel around the world and go wherever they want, one path that you could go down is, of course, the comparison, envy, jealousy path, which says, how unfair, how in the world do they get to do that? That couldn't be possible for me. And so I'm angry and I can't believe that they can do that. But there's another option, which is to say, how cool that this has presented itself in my awareness so I know that this is possible. Clearly, if I'm paying attention to this and keep looking at it over and over, this is something that I want. Now I have a desire to work with. Now I know what direction I need to move in. Now I know what I want to create in my own life. 
that information was there for the taking. You didn't even have to hire a coach to get that information. There is so much wisdom in that. That idea of whoever you're jealous of is really just mirroring to you some untapped potential that is available for your life. I think that if people could get that concept, that would be a game changer in and of itself. Well, and think about it. The only reason that that's not our instinct is because we have these limited beliefs that say we can't have whatever it is. Totally. So, for example, I love John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. Hopefully they're still together because they're one of my favorite couples. So hopefully they're still thriving when you listen to this podcast. When I look at John and Chrissy Teigen, I don't look at them with jealousy and this spite of like, hmm, it's probably not as good as it looks on social media. It never is. I look at it with a joy of what a fun, joyous, healthy relationship. And I am so grateful for every one of those that I've experienced. And I'm so grateful that I can experience that. And when we clear all the limiting beliefs of the stuff we can't do, be, or have, our world just opens up with so much more joy and possibility. I want to go back and talk about this idea of reevaluating choices moment to moment, because I think for some of us, it's easier to go back and revisit old choices and make those again rather than make a new choice that stretches us to grow. This is why a lot of people will go back and date an ex who was toxic for them, but they like that better than being alone and discovering who they are or why some people will go take another job that used to make them happy five years ago rather than following their gut and starting a passion-filled business. Can you speak to that idea of there is nothing in our past that we need to go back to that it's safe for us to make a new choice moving forward? Yeah, I think a lot of us have resistance around changing our minds. I mean, I think we see this pattern in our country on a macro level. A lot of people think the 1950s, 60s America that I grew up in is how it's supposed to be. So therefore, how dare it change? I don't want it to change. I don't want it to be different. We need to go back. And the truth is, the universe has been expanding for 13.8 billion years. I hate to break it to you, but that is the trajectory we are on. And so... Really, in general, the answer is never let's go back. The answer is what does it look like to move forward, which, by the way, is a great feeling test to use for any decision you need to make. Does it feel like shrinking and getting smaller and going backwards, or does it feel like moving forward because I was meant to move forward? And you're exactly right. Oftentimes what worked for us in the past will actually hinder us in the present from where we're trying to go. And so, you know, I wish for everybody listening today, give yourself permission to change your mind. Give yourself permission to be honest that what you used to like or love or choose is no longer working, right? And give yourself permission to make a new choice because you always have the power of decision. And if you endlessly try to repeat what you did in the past, you will plateau and limit yourself. And that also doesn't mean, by the way, we should judge the old decisions from the past. Sometimes we did the very best we could with the strategies and the tools and the level of self-awareness that we had at the time. Something that it took me a long time to learn and it's still an ongoing learning for me is you can make a new choice without having to judge the old one. 
And this is relevant for anyone changing career paths, anyone outgrowing a, a religious system, anybody who is leaving a relationship or leaving anything in their life. You can make a new choice without having to become the enemy of the old, right? I love the entrepreneurial path, but I'm not anti nine to five jobs, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that I moved out to Los Angeles, but I'm not against people I went to school with who stayed in the South, right? Like there is so much freedom to make a new choice without having to bring resentment into it. And honestly, I would offer to you in many of the instances where we do hold the resentment, a lot of it is resentment at ourselves for, oh my God, I can't believe I stayed there that long and let myself be subjected to that. When I think of the last corporate job that I talk about, the day I walked out, I did it with so much anger and resentment really just didn't like the people I worked for. I didn't feel like they were honest. I didn't feel like they were forthright with me. I resented them for trying to make me into something that I wasn't. And really, when I look back on it, as angry as I was, it was mostly at myself because I literally walked into that job the day of the interview, stepped off the elevator, and this had never happened to me before. I actually felt nauseous. There was this voice in my head that said, do not take this job. And I got into the interview and got seduced by the title and the corner office and the money and the responsibility. And I went against my instincts and took that job and knew within like three months of getting there, it was a terrible decision. So I was more upset with myself just for ignoring my intuition. So now we're at the real forgiveness work, which I love. Thank you for sharing this, by the way, because it's a perfect example for people listening. The real forgiveness work here, as you can see, is not I forgive those people for giving me that schedule, treating me that way, showing up like that. The real forgiveness work is I forgive myself for ignoring my instincts and not honoring my truth when I really knew what the right thing to do was. What an incredible conversation with you. I want people to go check out the book. They can buy it on Amazon or they can get it on your website. Uh, the book is How to Find Yourself, Love Yourself, and Be Yourself. Stefan, how can they find you online? And if they want to work with you or reach out at all, where do they go? Yeah, so a couple of good starting points. Uh, my social media on every platform pretty much is Dr. Lovegrove, D-R-L-O-V-E-G-R-O-V-E. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, you can find me on all social media. I'm most active and post the most thorough content on Facebook, uh, but I am all over the place. The website is americaslifecoach.us. So that is, as you mentioned, where you can get the book. That's where you can get on my mailing list. And if you already know that you're ready to apply, uh, I can give you a direct link for that, which is applywithstephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N.com. And uh, you can fill out the application, and we will be in touch with you about your options from there. Love that. They call him America's Life Coach for a reason. Stefan, uh, any final words? I guess if somebody's listened to this podcast and it's got them thinking now about the change that they want to make, if there was one step that they could take right now, one small step, what would that be? Mm, I love this question. Uh, so my – core message when I boil it down to one sentence is all things are possible for the ones who believe. And so what I would challenge people to do is just take a moment, whether you take a walk, close your eyes, do it before you go to bed, do it in the shower, doesn't matter how you do it. 
But take a moment to really get still and to turn within and to ask yourself, what would I really like to experience in my life? And probably some stuff is going to come up that in the past you would have brushed off and dismissed as, yeah, but that's not realistic, right? The curse R word realistic. But this time I want you to just go with it. And I want you to pick one thing that really is the desire of your heart. And I want you to ask yourself, if I believe with 100% certainty this was possible for me, what would be my next step? What would I choose? What would I do next? And go do that. And stay on that path of belief. Stay on that path of creating certainty through powerful action. And you will experience all things are possible for you because you are the one who believes. Mm, mm, mm. And do it afraid, right? Like it's never going to be yeah. comfortable. Don't but... wait to get. Don't wait for the fear to clear. You choose to move through it with powerful actions coming from a place of love. Stephen, awesome conversation today, my friend. I hope everybody looks you up online. Go get the book. I hope we keep in touch, my friend. This was a really a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you. One of my favorite takeaways from that interview is when he said, your deepest truth just begins as a gut feeling. You know, your truth doesn't always have to make sense intellectually, but you got to honor that little whisper in the back of your head when you lay in bed at night that says there has got to be something more out there for me. Maybe that whisper says it's time for me to step up and play a bigger game. Maybe it says it's time for me to set a boundary and leave behind a relationship that doesn't serve me. Or maybe it's just time to open yourself up in love again. But if you don't honor that gut reaction, life is going to find a way eventually, whether it's a month from now, a year from now, or five years from now to shake the tree and get your attention. It could be a health diagnosis. It could be a divorce. It could be a job layoff. But change is going to happen in your life one of two ways. You can either honor yourself and honor your truth, or the universe is going to kick you out of your comfort zone and force you to change. So I love the interview. I thought it was beautiful. If you love this conversation, by all means, please share it with a friend. Screenshot the podcast. Upload it to Instagram or Twitter. Share with us your breakthroughs. You can tag Stefan at Dr. Lovegrove. And you can tag me at CSC. Dan Mason. Don't forget to follow us on the iHeartRadio app. Click subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you want to connect with me one-on-one, -on -one, I've actually got some spots right now on my waiting list for my 2018 coaching program. If you're looking for a mentor to help you get to the next level, creating more joy and fulfillment in 2018, I would love to serve you. I would be honored. Get the info. Fill out an application right now at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net creativesoulcoaching.net while you're there you can also sign up for free personal development training and emails delivered to your inbox every week in the meantime turn down the volume on your negativity turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life amplified i'll talk to you next time <laughs>